Welcome to episode 134 of See It or Shove It. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm here with a special edition of Oscar Outlook. Next Tuesday, January 23rd, the nominations for the 96th Academy Awards will be revealed. While most of the nominations are predictable, it's those fifth slots in the categories that are giving me stress. In this episode, I'll go over the main contenders in the top categories and let you know who I think will be nominated and who I would choose if I could have a dream nominee in each category. Last year, my dream nominee was Brian Tyree Henry for his quiet performance in the film Causeway. And wouldn't you know it, he came out of nowhere and grabbed a nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Maybe it'll happen again this year. With that said, let's get started. Let's begin with the category Best Supporting Actor. This is a category that is almost fully locked, but there can be room for someone else to get in there. The nominees will likely be pulled from the following performances. It's pretty clear that Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, and Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon are getting in, and if any of them miss, it would truly be a surprise. Downey Jr. has been sweeping everything and will likely be the winner. Next in line is one or both Mark Ruffalo and or Willem Dafoe for Poor Things. Both have been showing up through the season, but recently Ruffalo was left out at SAG and Defoe was left out at the Critics' Choice Awards, and both of them were left out at the BAFTAs, so they are both vulnerable. However, both are former nominees, and depending on the strength of poor things in overall nominations, they both may be able to ride the tide to a nomination. But Charles Melton might be able to take one of these spots if his film May-December gets enough support, but his momentum seems to be waning recently, missing out at both the Screen Actors Guild and the BAFTAs. Other contenders that could sneak in are the Holdovers breakout Dominic Sessa, who got a surprise nomination with the BAFTAs, American Fiction's Sterling K. Brown, who did get a surprise SAG nomination, and even last year's Best Actor nominee Paul Meskel for his supporting turn in All of Us Strangers. They do seem unlikely, though, as there's been very little movement among the nominees, and what little movement there has been not a single person has taken that spot each time, so it's just a different person each time. So with that, I believe the final nominees are going to be Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, Willem Dafoe in Poor Things, Ryan Gosling in Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. If I could have one dream nominee here, I would love to see Jamie Bell get in there for All of Us Strangers. His performance was just so good in that film. In the category of Best Supporting Actress, there is a clear frontrunner along with a couple of others that have gone along for the ride at each award show this season. Leading the pack has been Davine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. I think she is pretty much unstoppable, but that leaves four others to compete with her. Look for Emily Blunt to get her first nomination for her supporting turn in Oppenheimer, and Danielle Brooks, who very well may be the only nominee for the underappreciated The Color Purple. And that's a shame, because I really like that movie. Another person who has shown up at each award show has been two-time winner Jodie Foster for her role in Nyad. But there's something about this film, as much as I thought it was good, I just can't see it getting that much support to show up in the major categories. But she is a two-time winner and can never be discounted. However, remember, back in 2021, she was not only nominated, but won the Golden Globe for the film The Mauritanian, and then disappeared for the rest of the season. Can it happen again? 
Previous winner Julianne Moore has been getting some nominations for her role in Netflix's May-December, as has previous nominee Rosamund Pike for her delicious turn in Saltburn. There is a loud social media campaign for previous nominee Rachel McAdams for her role in Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, but I think that is just wishful thinking. Ferrari's Penelope Cruz got in at SAG, and I would love it if it were to happen again, and you can't discount the chances of a previous winner and multiple nominee. Someone who may sneak in there, and I'm starting to think it may happen, is America Ferreira, who gave a memorable monologue in the hit film Barbie, and she may ride that film's coattails to her first nomination, if that film overperforms on nomination morning. If there is a surprise nominee, I think it'll be her. Or it will be Sandra Hewler, who turned in not one, but two buzzed-about performances in Anatomy of a Fall and The Zone of Interest. The Best Actress field may be a little too crowded for her to get in there, um, so I don't know if she's going to get in there. I, You'll find out later if I think she is, um, but this may be the category that has more flexibility for her to get in, and with news of a record number of international voters, it may just happen. So, I think the nominees will be Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, Jodie Foster in Nyad, Sandra Hewler in The Zone of Interest, and Davine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. Now, listen, this is the third time I have recorded this segment because I've been going with Foster, Cruz, and Rosamund Pike. I can't make up my mind. And even Julianne Moore. I can't make up my mind between those four. However, I'm settling on Foster because she's just started starring in the latest... Um, season of True Detective on HBO, and that's during voting season. So I think she has the most visibility of any of them. So I'm going to go with her. If I could pick just one nominee, I would love to see Taraji P. Henson get in for The Color Purple. I found her to be so engaging in that movie, and I think it's high time she gets her second nomination after years of turning in great performances. Next, let's discuss Best Actor. The leading categories are a tad bit more competitive when compared to the supporting categories so far this season. As with most categories, there are three locks, and those are Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, and Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Who fills the remaining two slots remains to be seen. Most thought one of those spots would be taken by Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon, but recently he was left off the list at both SAG and the BAFTAs, and that does not bode very well for him. I think we may see a repeat of his luck with Titanic when that film got nominated for pretty much everything except for him. The same might happen with Killers of the Flower Moon. I think it's pretty safe to say that Jeffrey Wright will be getting his first nomination for his performance in American Fiction. That movie seems to be gaining traction late in the race and should get him in here. Andrew Scott was nominated at the Globes for his highly emotional performance in All of Us Strangers, and I would love to see that happen, but I'm not very confident that it will. Early in the season, many proclaimed Zac Efron would get in for his dramatic departure in The Iron Claw, but I think his chances are dead after failing to get in anywhere else. But look out for Coleman Domingo, who has been showing up in various places for his performance in Rustin. He's been making the rounds on talk shows right during voting and may peak at the perfect time. I think the nominees will be Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. 
If I could have a dream pick, it most definitely would be Barry Keoghan for my favorite movie of 2023, Saltburn. His performance was so unhinged yet calculated that it was a joy to behold. It stayed with me for weeks and was just as effective the fourth time I watched it as it was the first. The Best Actress category is a very crowded field, led by Two Stones, Emma Stone for her bonkers performance in Poor Things, and Lily Gladstone for her quiet yet powerful performance in Killers of the Flower Moon. A few days ago, I would have said that they are both are most definitely getting in, but something funny happened on the way to the BAFTAs when Gladstone was snubbed. But I don't think that's going to matter. I think she's getting in, and it is a two-person race between those two. Another person likely getting in is former nominee Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. The remaining two spots will likely be filled with a combination of Barbie herself, Margot Robbie, past lives lead Greta Lee, or previous nominee Annette Bening, whose performance in Nyad has been nominated all season. Natalie Portman did some of the strongest work of her career in May-December, but as I mentioned earlier, the buzz with that film seems to be subsiding. If The Color Purple performed better and got more notices for its performances rather than its plummeting box office results, Fantasia Barino could have reaped a nomination. But sadly, that won't be happening, although she did get nominated at the BAFTAs. Sandra Hewler was so coldly effective in Anatomy of a Fall... Like I said, she may have a better chance of getting into the supporting actress category. I don't know if she would be a double nominee this year, but I don't know. People are talking about her a lot, and deservedly so. Um, But if she does get in, it could possibly be at the expense of Margot Robbie. And will they really dare to shower Barbie with nominations and not nominate Barbie herself? It's certainly a possibility. One person making a last-minute push who seems to be gaining some traction is previous nominee Ingenue Ellis Taylor, whose performance in Origin has left audiences floored. But have enough eyes been laid on this film that has yet to get into its wide release? That is the question. There have been several viewing parties of the film among Academy members in recent weeks, so it may work out for her. But I think the nominees will be Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Hewler, Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Margot Robbie, Barbie, and Emma Stone, Poor Things. If I could have a dream nominee, it would be Ingenue Ellis Taylor for Origin. She was just so quietly effective in this movie. And it is a movie that deserves some more exposure. A nomination here will do just that. Next up is Best Director. The field this year is led by probable winner Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. It would be an overdue award, and it's likely to happen. Also in the running will be previous winner Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. After that, it is a race between a handful of people. Likely to get in is previous nominee Yorgos Lanthimos for his wonderful film Poor Things. I think a late surge from the zone of interest will get Jonathan Glazer in there. Plus, the past several years has seen an international director included each year, so look for that to continue again this year. Maybe even two. Which leaves one more spot for either Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, Celine Song for Past Lives, or Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. Cooper got snubbed for his debut, A Star is Born, in 2018, and it is probably going to happen again. 
And how scandalous would it be for them to leave Greta Gerwig out? It will be a Twitter nightmare. However, I hear the director's branch is notoriously snobby, and Barbie, on the surface, does not scream prestige. So don't be surprised when that happens. Plus, I think what made Barbie so novel had more to do with the script rather than the directing, and the script is going to be nominated. So that will be the consolation prize for Gerwig. The nominees will be Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, and Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. If I could have a dream nominee, it would be Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. She made a nearly three-hour courtroom drama engaging and suspenseful, where others would have made it a drag. It was a revelation. But, like Gerwig, look for her to be included in the screenplay categories as her consolation. Despite recent wins, even in 2024, it is tough for women to break through in the directing categories, and that is a shame. Finally, for Best Picture, there will be 10 nominees this year. Surefire nominees will be Oppenheimer, which has been sweeping everything thus far, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, and Barbie. I think it's safe to include Poor Things and probably Maestro. American fiction is gaining steam, as is the zone of interest. Anatomy of a Fall has kept its momentum that it gained after winning the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival in May. The Producers Guild nominated these nine along with Past Lives, and I think for the first time they will match with the Oscars, and these will be your Best Picture nominees. As for my dream nominee, I was going to go with Saltburn, as many of you know, it's my favorite film of last year. But I'm going to go with Ava DuVernay's Origin. I just think Neon held off a tad too long before releasing it and ended up hurting its chances, but man, is it a powerful, important movie that should be seen by people. So that's it for this very brief mini-episode of Cedar Shove It. Tune in Tuesday to see which films got nominated and which were left out. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back with my reactions to the nominees and the inevitable snubs. Support your local theaters by going to see some of these movies, and while you're at it, share my podcast with your movie and TV-loving friends and family. Don't forget, you can drop me a line at cedarshoveit at gmail.com, follow me on Instagram and letterboxd at cedarshoveit, and rate me wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, listen to this week's episode featuring reviews of Mean Girls, The Beekeeper, The Book of Clarence, Memory, and All of Us Strangers. And I'll be back next week with reviews of the space thriller ISS and the slasher pick Founders Day. Until then, take care, everyone, and have a wonderful weekend. This episode of Theater Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida, and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved. <laughs>